0: Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. On average, American patients will see nearly 19 different doctors during their lives. Each encounter will generate its own data, including diagnosis, vital signs, lab results, medications, etc. Assembling all of this into a single comprehensive record, even within the same healthcare system, is challenging to say the least. But having that longitudinal medical record is key to providers' ability to care for patients effectively and efficiently, add payers to the mix, and the potential for incomplete records grows even more. Today's guest will discuss how regulations and technology are helping tear down those silos and barriers, resulting in a possibly bright future in data interoperability. Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT. I'm Michael McNutt, Director of Events and Education for Wheedy, sitting in for Matthew Albright. WEDI is the preeminent national membership association for healthcare guidance and collaboration, with a focus on advancing standards for electronic administrative transactions and promoting best practices in healthcare IT data exchange. WEDI has been instrumental in aligning the industry in an effort to harmonize administrative and clinical data. Learn more about the association at wedi.org. My guest this week is Dr. Pawan Jindal, CEO of Darina Solutions which promises true data interoperability solutions through HL7 fire enabled tools. Dr. Jindal and I will discuss the difficulty in assembling longitudinal patient medical records and what can be done to address these problems. Dr. Jindal, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Michael, thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. We always start each episode with the origin story. So, so how, I call them the MIAs, the Motivation, Inspiration, and Aspirations. What got you into healthcare?
1: Thanks, Michael, again. So uh, I'll, I'll start my story. Actually, the way I got into healthcare is uh, I am a doctor. So uh, I did my MBBS from India, uh, which is the equivalent of basically MD in US. And uh, I remember it was actually during my, after my MBBS, I was preparing for one of the specialization exams. And uh, someone told me there's a simulator, simulation exam that comes on a computer. I had never honestly used a computer before, uh, and uh, I, I basically got a computer, was uh, going through that exams, and some people will say distracted. I said I got fascinated by, you know, how the technology works and, uh, you know, I, I got more interested in how the computer, how, how everything works than, you know, what the exam honestly was. <laughs> uh, fast forward a few weeks, I, I did some research, found out at that time the uh, all these health informatics programs were starting. This was back in uh, 2003. Uh, so, applied for a program here in uh, University of Missouri, uh, got accepted. It was a big deal at that time, you know, uh, having a having a physician going into informatics. It was still kind of health informatics was uh, pretty new, uh, but that's what really gave me uh, a very good view into like what the potential of health informatics are. And and during those two years, I got to work in the in the hospital settings and and seeing like more uh, healthcare from a um you know really from a informatician's perspective uh after i completed it i actually was really fortunate enough that time microsoft was launching big campaigns in healthcare there was a lot happening in healthcare it uh, i was a doctor who could code and and like was knowing a lot so you know the right person at the right time gave me a, a lot of opportunities over the next few years to work with some of the leading organizations uh working with some of the like really big companies implementing it uh, but then we had this, you know, uh, the moment like uh, uh, my, uh, we were expecting our first son and my wife had a very difficult pregnancy where uh, she had to be constantly uh, reaching out to an ER almost every, uh, every other day because of a very severe condition of morning sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what happened during that time was, is like, you know, every, uh, she will be okay, but then we will end up in an ER or end up in a hospital Uh, And I'm trying to tell the doctor, I know what it is. I have a copy of her records, you know, hey, this is what it needs to be done. Uh, But it's like, no, 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 we need to get the records, you know, from the place. Uh, But what also happened once was I was in a hospital because we were still traveling. She was OK. And that hospital, I saw a physician actually using the system to get the the data, and I had actually implemented that system in that hospital. <laughs> Very proud of the fact that I was a consultant there, and, and seeing you know that that angle of a physician, and seeing basically the angle of a clinician struggling with the system that I'd implemented, kind of made me reassess. And you know, when our son was born, uh, my wife and I then decided we we wanted to do something about this, and uh, you know, we created Darina Solutions and. Over the last 14 years, really, we have been, you know, trying to solve, like, the basic problem of uh, getting patients access to their data and, and like, solving the big health and health, whatever interoperability issues.
0: That, that's incredible. First of all, I'd like to ask, how did you do on the test? Since you were so mesmerized with the computer stuff, did you do well on the test? I was
1: hoping you didn't ask that. I never actually <laughs> gave the test.
0: <laughs> that's what I thought. You skipped that one part. You skipped way over that. You were like, I was mesmerized <laughs> yeah. by computers three years I, later. Be, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, this like it was a big deal in India, you know, like you being a doctor and then suddenly deciding I'm going for informat like going to do this health informatics mm-hmm. thing. So I remember that conversation with my parents and you know what, like forget what I did, like I, I want to just start this, but. I have a very supporting family my father backed me up he's like this is what you want to do so uh you know i, I really think it was like the motivation that i got and, and that just got me going from there
0: yeah. well it's it's great also the, kind of the unique perspectives oftentimes we forget you know being in the healthcare industry we forget that we're patients first you know we kind of do all this work and we don't think about the end user and you were in a very unique position i'm glad your your family's doing well but and it was unique because you're a physician You're a caretaker. You're a husband. You're a spouse, but you're also, you know, a coder, and you're watching exactly. You're watching all of this unfold right in front of you, and so that definitely that is that kind of euphoric. Oh my God, I am doing (laughs) this. Hundred percent. This is what I was meant to do. If 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 there's any question, you had it right there. Like, okay, I get it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Fantastic! Great story. Great. I love the origin stories. Um, yeah. So let's get into uh, the Darina Solutions. You kind of mentioned it right now, like what you've been doing for nearly you know twenty years. Or so, um, how are you helping this industry navigate through these unique and frustratingly uh, difficult barriers of data interoperability?
1: Yeah. Um, so, so Darina Solutions is basically we are based out of Saint Louis. Uh, we've been business in like fourteen years. Uh, and as i said started in you know 2009 and and the idea was uh really simple you know empowering uh people to get access to their healthcare records and um i'll be honest again you know we're talking of the pre iphone era so we were coming fresh out of an issue that we realized and we we felt but uh, there was not that much uh demand if i can say it in there for people really wanting their healthcare data so how we basically progressed was we we built a a solution that was really about like uh, getting patients the uh, data from the EHRs, which weren't like meaningful use hadn't started there. Uh, but we slowly progressed into actually uh, building an EHR of our own, uh, launching, you know, multiple solutions over the last 14 years, both patient as well as, uh, you know, regulatory solutions. Uh, but really like where it has all come together is in the last 16 years, uh, sorry, last six years, so after we built our first EHR, we sold it, then we came back and, and, you know, fire was just starting on. Uh, and that's kind of where we did, where we felt that, okay, this is the right technology. This is what we've been waiting for to actually, you know, build everything that we have learned, uh, you know, over the years. Uh, so we are really proud to say, like, you know, when, when Cures Act came out there, uh, we were the first company that actually got certified for it two years ahead of the second. Uh, it was like, okay, this is this is our chance to really take the standards. Uh, we believe in it. Uh, what we are really focused on right now is we are launching actually another solution uh, in a couple of months, basically called MeldarX. Uh, and MeldarX is all about like you know melding the data. Uh, the main problem that we started with: how do you meld the data from multiple places? and bring it into one place. Uh, and what we are really focusing on is not the actual solution. Uh, we are focusing on acquisition of data because we think we, if we just make that data accessible to app developers, to innovators, to anyone, and you remove the barriers of the frustration of just getting to the data, the real innovation will come from the market. I mean, it's, that, mm-hmm. it's someone else that is suffering as a patient or a physician that feels it, or a researcher you know, that has the great idea, if you just let everyone just think and and get there and say, okay, here is a thing I want to do and and just tell me how I get connected and started. I mean, we can basically just, you know, have like most of the problems of the healthcare, you know, solved. Because today everyone is just frustrated with getting access to the basic data to get started.
0: And and by the way, we're speaking with Dr. Pawan Jindal, CEO of Darina Solutions on the collective voice of health IT. Uh, Let's kind of talk about these barriers. you know, the silos that we've heard about so many times. I find it interesting. Your opinion, do you think it was just a matter of time we were waiting for the technology, things like fire, things like the 21st Century Cures Act to, to occur in order to allow this flood? Because we're, we're talking about what fire is what? Six, seven years old. Not that. Not that yep. it's pretty young. So before that, We had lived with these barriers, and it was almost as if we were relatively okay with it. Was it just a matter of we needed the technology to catch up to healthcare in order to address the silos? Because before that, we seemed to be just kind of okay with these barriers.
1: Yeah. So, Michael, I I, I don't think it is just the technology. Technology plays a big role in it. Uh, but healthcare is, you know, different. I mean, from mm-hmm. all the industries, it's yeah. some I've heard sometimes says like, you know, we are we are a decade behind financials, right? I mean, like banking mm-hmm. transactions happen. Uh, you know what happens today. So, I, 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 technology is definitely acting as a catalyst right now. But I think it's the it's some of the natures of healthcare, uh, and most importantly, being this just the data is inherently so complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest part of healthcare data is the physician's note, that small assessment. Uh, and you know, that is so subjective uh, to kind of, you know, put that into a really good structure and share it and other things has always been a challenge. You know, it's just a unique style of every physician that makes this so, you know, personalized. Uh, I, I, I do believe that the technology is now enabling it where, you know, we are having more and more structured nodes. But it's it's not fair to say that, okay, you know, it was just the technology issue, there were some healthcare. And I just think that, you know, people were just not ready. I mean, it was just like, okay, I go to the doctor, whatever they say, it is there, there was no one asking for it, there was no second opinion. Today, we are informed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I am I'm basically going to a a shopping cart, it is telling me what I want before I even search for it. But then I'm going to a physician or a practice and I have to enter my data 20 times. I mean, there is nothing, you know, there is personalized care or so, which is which is not expected. So I think it's a balance of, you know, what how the how the market has changed and the how the demand wasn't there, as well as, you know, like the, the solutions that have come over time.
0: Yeah, no I, that that's very interesting. And I agree with you that yeah, just the demand wasn't there. We were just kind of happy. We were like, okay, this is my doctor. I'm fine um if I take my stuff somewhere else. Okay. You know, I'll accept that I have to be there 15 20 minutes before and fill out all this information each and every time. But now the ability for that movement of data is really fantastic and really One of the reasons for this was the 21st Century Cures Act. Um, You know, the the federal government through ONC, you know, with the federal, uh, with the uh, Cures Act, has taken steps to improve interoperability and patient access to their records. I mean, it's been a quantum leap, you know, so uh, the development of HL7 standard uh, for data exchange is just one example of so many different pieces of emerging technology that is allowing data access at a fantastic rate. I would guess it's not enough. You know, what else needs to continue to push this cart to kind of the fire momentum, keep it going? Like what else yeah. needs to be done from either a technological standpoint or from a regulatory standpoint to continue to promote patient access?
1: Great. So, great question, Michael. So so let me first, you know, acknowledge the fact that, you know, cures act was indeed like a pivotal piece of legislation. I mean, uh, the way it was designed, the way it was put together, uh, it is commendable. How, as it presents, like really a modern approach to data exchange. Uh, you know, how, how to solve the problems that you know we have been dealing. And 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 you know over the over the last few years, I've had opportunities to work with so many EHRs that you know, be attending conferences. And this this question always comes up for of someone first time hearing about Fire or APIs, and they'll say like. What is the big deal? I mean, we have been hearing this. You know, HL7 v2 is like okay. What's really the big deal about fire? And 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 I answer about it is like the real big deal about that is that there is no big deal. I mean, what I, what I mean by that is it's it's not about something new. It is something that has been established in other industries, APIs and everything are how all the world works except healthcare. Uh, mm-hmm. We just had these proprietary formats that had the barrier for other developers, others to come in there and really, you know, innovate and, and do other things. So what really Fire or APIs have done is really simplify the entry barrier for others to come in there and start, you know, working on it. Uh, and, 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 and kudos to our government to really like take that as the standard and, and you know, just convert it into, you know, the legislation. Uh, but one thing if I could say again, you know, the legislation is only one part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what comes after is the enforcement, and 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 we do believe, and we are seeing in the market, is that there is still not enough enforcement happening. Uh, you know, there is still like there's been no guidelines about what is it if the provider is doing information blocking or the EHRs. I mean, there's been so many discussions over the last one and a half year. Like, okay, it is pending that that penalty is coming. So. It's still not, you know, happening enough of enforcement in there to say this rule has already gone into effect at the start of this year. Uh, and on the other hand, I also think there is not enough awareness of first of all the providers to know that they are not locked with their EHR, how much this appification of healthcare is happening and you know how they can really go innovate. And on the same side, the patients not being informed completely what their rights to this is. So I, I think again, we are definitely on the right path. Uh, but like you know, a little more enforcement and education, and it's it's a cycle, right? It's like we'll see more enforcement, we'll see more app developers, there will be more adoption, and that's kind of the how the whole iPhone revolution happened with apps, right? We are we are getting close to it to basically happen.
0: Yes, no, definitely. Uh, you mentioned you know, and we've mentioned APIs a couple of times, and APIs are not new to anyone outside of healthcare. Like, you know, yep. it's just new to healthcare. So, you know, like, walk us through, you know, the importance of APIs in healthcare. And, you know, if there's examples of APIs in commerce and finance and so many other uh, industries, but with healthcare, like, the need for these API-enabled fire apps are totally necessary in order to appreciate and actually have and promote data interoperability. Uh, talk about the importance of these APIs, especially to Darina Solutions.
1: Yeah, so it, it's basically freeing your data, right, it's like, or, or freeing the healthcare data. As, as, as you said, again, as I said before, it like, API is not something new. I mean, like REST API is what are called as they, they are basically the standard in every industry. What has traditionally happened in healthcare was, oh, I want to build an app that one provider in one hospital wants to use it. Okay, I have to basically work with that EHR, understand how you know I can connect with that EHR, build the app, and, and, and you know, then deploy it to there. And again, we've actually were there. When we started the Rina you know, solution, we built our patient app. We're working with one of the leading EHRs, or we were trying to work in there. We had it working and we had to go through all the, you know, the, the blocks that were there. Uh, so it, it it's that w- what basically APIs do and what standard APIs do is that. It is basically, you know, like encouraging app developers to say, "Hey, I have this idea. I can build this, and I can make it work with one." You know, it will work with every provider in the country, in the world. I mean, this is, you know, completely opens up that I can just focus on the idea, bringing something to market that can analyze that data and, you know, bring it in there. Everything is standard, and and you know you just just a, you have decoupled the the storage and the management of data from actually the usage of the data, which is which is really powerful because now you have like you know just infinite opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no, makes total sense. Now going back to ONC, ONC has certified nearly three hundred EHR systems as interoperable with Fire enabled apps. Is that what you're seeing out there, um, you know, in the workplace? Does it match up with what you're seeing? If not, where, where's the gaps?
1: So yeah, I mean, like I, I think the number is like 280 or something, is like, you know, we we, we track it and, and we say, uh I'll say this certification is one thing and implementation and real-world mm-hmm. scenarios are another thing. Yeah. Um, there are some, you know, EHRs that are really have opened the developer portal. You can go in there and just create an app and you know you can be up and running. Uh and we have been working with like, you know, almost reaching out to many of them is like, and there are some that are okay, it takes a, a week to respond, but you ultimately get a response back and you can actually go build your app and start testing it. Uh, in our experience, what we are seeing is, and this is something we are working on with uh, with, with some of the other, uh, you know, bodies in the, uh, like, there to kind of help it. Uh, there is still a lot of, uh obstacles to for an app developer to just go and get their app approved to work with the EHR mm-hmm. although it is all supposed to be standard uh it's only like the some of the top ones and even out of those there are issues that they're running into where there are not exactly the standards again they they check the box and pass the certification uh but in real world uh it is still a lot of you know work to be done and that's kind of where I go back is is like if we can have a little more enforcement and which can like again you know like create a little more demand of the apps then the providers will see those apps and they will go to those EHRs and, and you know it will start that cycle so we can see it starting but uh, we wish it would it was happening faster and, and we are again doing some things that you know we hope we can we can kind of you know uh, make it go faster too
0: Fantastic. We're speaking with Dr. Pawan Jindal, CEO of Darina Solutions here on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Uh, The big elephant in the room uh, whenever talking about patient data is privacy and security. Uh, So how must, you know, your opinion, how must... organizations like Darina and others, and patients. You know, we talked about patient literacy is very key for this whole interoperability thing to go. With that interoperability and that patient access comes responsibility and literacy. What must we all do to be better equipped to handle the emerging tech that's out there that's allowing us better access and transferability of data, but also we have to take in mind, you know, know, negative actors out there who would do harm to our patient data? Yeah, uh,
1: great question, Michael, again. I mean, so I'll say this again, security and privacy, like, you know, it's it's part of the healthcare, you know, that we, we we, we, we the industry we are in. Uh, a large part of this, I think it's, uh, as, as as we talk about, we hear this question a lot as when, when Cures Act originally, we were like talking to people about, Or oh, this means any patient will be able to, uh, you know, get access to their data. And one of the first reactions we got from many of the providers, good providers were like, Oh, I, I don't want them to see the notes. There are sometimes I'm writing things in there that you know I don't want them to see. Uh, but then there is that whole concern about like, okay, what if the app developer is misusing that data? The bad actors, you know, that that you are referring to. So uh, this is a collective effort that you know I don't think any one person will solve. But I will say this is like you know security and HIPAA. As much as it has protected privacy, it has also hindered you know really the innovation in healthcare. Uh the APIs that we're talking about fire, they are based on industry standards of how does a consent work? You know, how does basically the process of me approving my app uh, and then getting that access go to? Uh, again, there will always be those people who will, you know, misuse it. So that's kind of where we need to do a lot of education together. Uh, we should not, what we don't want is basically to this become the the reasoning or the excuse of people who don't want to, you know, do, uh, you know, really like, like basically don't want to share the data for the wrong reason. So there are bad actors, uh, both places. Uh, I believe like, you know, by following these same standard industry practices, which are already again, built into this, you know, specifications uh, there, uh, we can really build these solutions and and like, just, just make that data flow securely, but at the same time, you know, data do its work.
0: Excellent. Now, uh, my last question before we say goodbye always focuses on the future, uh, looking ahead, but with the way technology, artificial intelligence, generative AI and everything's moving three to five years is now 18 to 36 months. So let's just say generally in the future, you know, we've been looking at interoperability for quite some time. Uh, Progress has been made through regulations and technology and just kind of the evolution of how we look at our data, but we're not there yet. Uh, You know, please give us your assessment on what it can look like. Uh, What is true interoperability? And, uh, you know, I'm guessing we'll get there. How will we get there?
1: Yeah, so, uh, Michael. I mean, and, and I, I would just say it's like just like you said is like it's like the three to five years is sometimes we we don't know in the technology age we are in. Uh, but I'll I'll see what what we feel is really really close. I mean, I we want to be where okay. I'm 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 going to a physician for a visit. Uh, I take out my phone. I scan a QR code and the physician has access to my complete longitudinal healthcare record in a secure way. I don't have to fill up the forms. I don't have to tell him the allergies. I don't have to do it. I'm getting out of there. I'm a chronic care patient with multiple chronic diseases. I go to my cardiologist. I'm sharing that data, uh, you know, then I'm. I be, they basically change the medication. I'm going to next my, you know, other provider. There is a way, you know, that, that, that can happen, right? And again, that's kind of where we say, it's much easier if it happens through the patient. If patients kind of take the custodian role of their data and they are basically mediating it, no one cares about the patient more than, than themselves. Again, there are certain situations where, you know, the patient like should not have access. And, and you know, those are very, you know, few and rare rare situations. But if, if we can move to an idea of, okay, bring your own data, like BYOD mm-hmm. is like, you know, what we have been hearing a lot now is this like, by, by getting the patients involved in their care, by giving them the same, uh, you know, ability to say like, just like I can customize whatever I buy, whatever I look like, I can, I have the ability to make, participate in my healthcare decisions. Uh, the technology is there. I, I think it's just a little bit of more of enforcement and, and you know, education. We are almost getting there. It's, it's not a futuristic vision. It's something that is very real and very close.
0: Yes, very real, very close. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Pawan Jindal, CEO of Darina Solutions. Uh, thank you so much for being our guest this week. A- any closing uh, thoughts, anything you'd like to leave for our audience? Uh, check out your website, a favorite book, a movie you just saw. You know, let, let us know.
1: Uh, well... I'll I'll be a little selfish here and say like uh, you know please go check out our new solution. It's called uh, MelDarex, where you know we are very really looking to connect with you know clinicians, developers, researchers. Uh, how we can bring years and years of our experience and and things that we have learned from the industry, especially over the last four years, uh, working very closely with so many partners to really simplify you know, new solutions development. So please check out uh, MildarX.com and, uh, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to.
0: No, this was my pleasure. This was fantastic. Uh, Thank you once again for being a part of the podcast. And I hope to have you back, if not on the podcast, but hopefully at a future Weedy event to talk about your interoperability tool.
1: Thank you so much, Michael.
0: This has been the collective voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast where the healthcare IT communities connect, collaborate, and create solutions for a better health system. Find all our episodes as well as information on our association on our website, wedi.org. Thank you for joining us and be safe.